to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode 356 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along to another amazing fix of randomness, technology, and life. What are we going to talk about this week? Well, we don't really know. But it's going to be random. Hey, <laughs> it's uh, going to be random. We need to find out if you've got transformed. Your brain was transformed. Also, just real quickly, before we do that, a uh, big shout out to uh, number one podcast fan, Jeremy Halson. Did you see the image he made? No. What? Oh, no. Okay. So uh, in the Facebook post for last week's uh, post saying, hey, here's yeah. the episode, he posted a photo and he basically got a big monarch butterfly and put your head on it. And it might, it, you should have a look for it in a sec. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, I, I don't. It literally, I think it might be the scariest photo I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's not that. It's not a creepy photo, apart from your face on it. Like, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Thanks. He was worried Thanks, that he, he was worried they were going to transform you so much that you would lose the laugh of Chris. I don't think that's happening. Um, no, no, it was good. It was, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really, really good. Um, I'm still going through some stuff with it. Like, so we've got some follow-up. I think I got a follow-up meeting on Friday, something like that, and a couple more. Um, but yeah, it's definitely changed the way I think about things. But so, how many, uh, how many people were in on this thing? Uh, there was only five of us there. Yeah. So okay. it was good. One of us was actually in Piha, so had a camper and went to Piha. Um, because he's Auckland based anyway, I guess. So, okay. Uh, but there is because we were all supposed to be in PR, but then it was would it still virtual. would it would it still would have been just five people in real quick life? I think it would have been more. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, was there but, any crazy upsells? Oh no, 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 not okay. that sort of thing at all. No, uh, no. mind you, if I told you how much I'm paying for this, you, your eyes would water. You can so, tell me. You can tell me after the podcast. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. so last week I also just after we finished recording, I went to go pick up a lazy boy armchair. Yeah, and uh, so I went to this house. I knocked on the door. <laughs> an old man answered the door, and this like I thought, oh yeah, maybe it's an old person selling off their furniture. And he said, "I don't know what you're talking about." And I said, "The chair for a dollar, trade me." And he goes, "I don't know anything about a chair." And uh, I was like, "Okay." That's cool. He goes, what was the person's name? And I said, oh, this is her name. And he goes, I've never heard of that person. So I'm like, okay, because I won this chair for a dollar. Lazy boy chair for a dollar. So I'm like, uh, okay, I don't think it's a scam because it's too dumb of a scam to be pulling. Anyway, so I sort of, I, I emailed the person. And now when I won the auction, they replied really fast. So I was like, I think they're going to reply to me really quickly because I think they're getting email notifications on their phone or something. So I drove down the road a little bit and I parked and uh, this guy rang me and he goes, Hey, uh, you're ringing up a bit. Uh, there's a problem with the chair pickup. And I was like, yeah, you've told me to go to 16. And he goes, no, no, we live at 17. I'm like, okay, I'll be there in a sec. So, <laughs> so it's across the road. No, it's one of those weird cul-de-sac ones. 17 oh, is 10 houses away from 16. So oh, these God. two would have never have met ever um, yeah, yeah. because when I drove away, there was uh, 
the house next door, there was people moving in and out with all sorts of gear. And then there was a house across the road with a garage open. And I thought of stopping, but I thought, no, there was no chair inside. Anyway, I go there and I pick it up and the guy comes out. He's got little kids and stuff. And he goes, I'm so sorry about that. That was my wife's first time. I'm like, what? Okay. I, what? Yeah, I know. I didn't. Phone, I, typing, writing, <laughs> an email, numbers. I didn't. Yeah. Um, he goes, he goes, I, I, I think he, he seemed a bit sad about the whole thing, but he goes, I think this is like the best deal of the year. And I was like, yeah, I placed a bid and I completely forgot about it. So I'm surprised I got it for a dollar. And he's like, yeah, uh, I'll give you a hand to get it into the car. Now I've learned over the last couple of months, the number one thing to blow people's minds. So there's not many things I think that uh, blow people's minds. Lazy boy chairs. You just grab the back of it and yank it up and it comes off. Oh, really? Most people don't know this. So you, undo, that. you undo some Velcro uh, strips at the back and it's just, a, a, it's got pins and these two slot things. And you just yank it out. And the guy's just like, oh my God, I never knew it could do that. I said, yeah, all lazy boys do that. That's how you move them around. Uh, I picked that up many years ago when I helped my uh, brother-in-law when he was my flatmate before he was my brother-in-law. I helped move his grandparents and they had a um, moving firm and they just came in and just yoinked these chairs to bits. And I was like, oh, anyway, uh, this chair is a really, really good deal. I'm really happy about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you showed me a photo uh, when you picked it up and I was like, holy crap. Yeah, I mean, pretty good. You'd be pretty happy buying, from what I saw, you'd be pretty happy buying that for 50 bucks. Yeah, exactly. You know, let alone a dollar. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah's uncle just went. And, I, I helped Sarah's uncle grab one from some old retirement home, and he paid a hundred dollars. Yeah, so, yeah. I was like, sweet. Yeah, and I think I said to you, um, that would be great, but I couldn't fit it in my place. <laughs> no, you, you'd have to make some compromises. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but um, I did get a free um, free desk as we recorded last week's uh, thing. That we was after recording. Eh? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. We finished recording. And but we're still on the on the Zoom, and then somebody knocks at my door. Nobody ever knocks at my door, and uh, it was a neighbour. He says, "I'm moving. Do you want this desk?" And I had sold uh, my other, you know, black yeah, yeah. desk. Um, and he goes, "We've just given it away, or I've got to chuck it." And I was like, "Actually, that'll fit with my second computer in the spare room." Hmm. Excellent. And so yeah, that was pretty. Look, cool. yeah, looked just the right size for those monitors too. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, anyway, so um, I do want to mention TEDx Papatia. I saw you um, uh, put that on Facebook. Yeah, I put it on Facebook and LinkedIn to help them out. So they did it virtually. And I'm not sure, I, as I understand it, because I haven't really talked to Genevieve. So Genevieve is somebody I coached a while back and she uh, wanted it's to now. do TEDx. And she was going to do TEDx Wellington last year. She was one of the named speakers. And yep. then they cancelled it. All oh, right. Um, and that was DK's last event. So he owned the license. Yeah. So the new license holders started a new one, TEDx Papatia. I just and don't like, I, I understand why they do that, but it's just from a branding point of view. It's I know. A pain you, just in the ass. Lose, you lose all that brand recognition, right? Because I didn't know where Papatia was. I'd look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, like, no argument from me. But anyway, so, um, so she got made, you know, passed on and, and she was the one of the speakers for that. And I assume most of the speakers were from last year that couldn't make it type Yeah, thing. you'd assume yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, but they had decided at the beginning, right, this is probably not going to be a live event um, yeah. or, or, or it is a 
It is and it isn't, and I'll explain in a second. So this is what they've done, and they're quite pleased with themselves. And they said we've we've paved the way for others to do it, and we've published it on on the TEDx Hub. To okay, do it this way. I'm like, and yeah. you're like, you're like, you should have spoken to a proper speaker coach. No? Oh no, no, I'm just not sure that it's okay. Hit me with not. it. Go, so, I will give you my expert opinion. So the event was on the Sunday. <clears throat> okay, and that week coming up to it, different yeah. days of the week, the speakers went into like a studio and recorded their talk for another. Oh, week. okay. And then on the day, um, the venue, because it wasn't a venue, um, had the speakers and their family. That was all that was there. Nobody, no yeah. public, if you like. Yeah, right? yeah. It's just speakers and their family. And a uh, an MC and yeah. obviously cameras and that. And it was live stream. And so he would um, introduce the speaker and then they'd play that video. Yeah. It's reasonably seamless from a live stream point of view. Yes. I can see some benefits from it, like, you know, you know how long the talk's going to be because you've edited the video beforehand. <laughs> um, you know, uh, there are no surprises there. Uh, so that's sort of okay, but it must be hard giving the talk just to a camera or a couple of cameras in a studio because you've got yeah, I mean, no feedback from audience or anybody. Would you coach someone differently if they were saying, hey, I'm just going to do it in front of two cameras? Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Not a lot, because we always aim for the fact that this is going to be on, yeah. on video on on uh, yeah, yeah on video um, on the web, and so we make a few uh, points about that, and so those things are still valid. But yeah, I think it. I, I don't know. I think it'd be harder for some people. Like lots of people have got up, uh, particularly the TEDx speakers, because they're like academics or, or people yeah, that yeah. Have, have got up and spoken before. So they're quite comfortable getting in, on stage in front of people. But a lot less people are comf- comfortable just getting in front of a camera and talking to the camera. Yeah, It was interesting, though, because I tracked them. They were definitely moving their heads as if there was a room full of people. Oh, okay. Um, pretty much all of them were doing that, which is cool. Um, oh, so that, that would that would have been some particular coaching to make that happen. So yeah, it, it was good. Um, the speakers were okay. Um, I can't. I I read the bios of each one, and there was a random one, and I can't remember what it was. And I was like, no, nah, I wouldn't want to listen to that. Uh, but I can't. I was, remember what it was quite taken with the dance one. That was pretty cool. Okay. Um, she uh, she did ballet when she was a kid, and and she really likes the dance and that. But she failed her dance. You know, ballet had all those grades and stuff. She failed it and stopped dancing and never really danced yeah. again. And then when she was an adult, she's like, you know, I really like dancing. So she went along to, um, oh, she went to adult ballet. And yeah. um, she said the first session was all um, how to hold your hands. Yeah, yeah. And she yeah. goes, this isn't this isn't dancing. I was like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. But anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, um, that is ballet. They do all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I know. But it's like, if you want to have fun dancing, I think ballet would be the last place I'd go. Oh, <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she started a dance studio with her friends, both of whom did dance as well. And their dance studio in Wellington sounds awesome. I would love to go to this thing. And they don't have any mirrors. And it's all about having fun and, and dancing how you feel. And there's no right or wrong, and you can't get graded, and that's what it's all about. And I'm yeah. like, yep, that sounds that's, pretty damn cool. That's a good uh yeah, good market to go after. People like that sort of stuff. Yeah, and it's doing really, really well, apparently. But anyway. Um, and, it w- and it would in Wellington. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if it'd go well here. No, nothing goes um, does, well here. Does your daughter still do jazz, ballet, or whatever it is? No. No. Oh, okay. That's no, no. Okay, cool. Um, I've got down here to uh, RIP John Whitaker. Do you okay. hear, hear about that? So the no. owner, the, the owner granddaddy of um, Whitaker's Chocolate. Oh, right. Yeah, he died this week at 87 or 88 or something. It's funny because we're just so used to brand names that we forget there are people behind the brand names. That's the only reason I've, I've noted it down. You know oh, okay. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, some, you know, I talked to the sales rep from there and it's a very family-oriented business, the whole thing. Yeah, so, it totally yeah. is. Yeah, so it was interesting. I just sort of mention it. Oh, I keep getting messages from Jan Khan. Who? Exactly. I don't know. So <laughs> I have an email newsletter list for Opshot people. Oh, and okay. when they sign up, they get a welcome email that says, hey, if you'd like the subscription, uh, you know, please, uh, what's the word? Uh, confirm it here. That's okay. So this Jan Khan person has actually emailed me in the past and said, here's some details about an op shop. So I'm like, okay, this is a normal person. Every now and then, this person, uh, Jan Khan, who may or may not be a male or female, I'm not sure, this person replies to the email that says, please confirm that you want this email. And just write, I am a human. I am Jan Khan. Uh, <laughs> I've got five emails over multiple months. They're not resubmitting to sign up. They just keep replying to this email or spam does. And it goes, I am a human. I am Jan Khan. And I don't, I'm just like, okay, I, I don't know. Anyway, I got another one the other day and it just cracks me up a little bit. Yeah, so it's, it's almost not worth taking them off the uh, email list just so you can have a good smile every now and again. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit stupid. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, I like that. Do you hear Windows 11 sounds like it's going to be a total douche of a system? Well, I don't know. I, I saw that. I saw the thing you're going to talk about. Yeah, I'm not going to go into deep depth with it, but it just sounds like it's going to block all default browser workarounds. It doesn't like using anything but Edge. Um, yeah, yeah. I will they, say I, I use Edge now um, because I've never changed the default for PDFs. So when I click on a PDF, it oh. opens an Edge, and I'm like, okay. yeah, okay, I can live with that. So they're changing where the settings are, where you can easily change the default uh, programs, but they've still got the chance of changing it now because these people found out uh, from the early build thing. Yeah, what's happening, though, is built inside the code for Windows 11 Mm. is there's a few things that if you go, you want to change this or that, it opens a browser. But the way they've got around it is they've hard-coded it into the code uh, HTTPS Microsoft Edge. So it'll only open, regardless of what default browser you've picked, it'll only open it in Microsoft Edge. And then what had happened is uh, Firefox and another one, I can't remember which one, had a workaround where it's um, like those URL shortenings. When it sees a... a, a, um, Microsoft Edge yeah. um, instruction come in, it it uh, reroutes it or changes it in the code and oh, then it okay. comes up normal and Firefox will open it. Um, but, yeah, they, um, Microsoft not happy about that and they're uh, battling that. Like they've, they've changed code so it's, it won't do that. Or the, 
But it but sounds I mean, very like, anti antitrust type. Yeah, yeah, you know? of course. But I mean, if you get a, if you're basically getting a free product and uh, a free upgrade, then uh, they'll just be like, you know, it's fine. Hey, you probably haven't seen anything, but these um, new MacBook Pros, holy crap, they're powerful laptops. I heard somebody, I heard some chatter about that, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about because oh. people were going. I am going to get rid of that. They were programming Android devices, uh, Android yeah. Android game, you know, they're programming for Android, and they are changing all the laptops to Microsoft, um, uh, to sorry, to MacBook Pros, um, and they've worked out how much it's going to save them. Yeah, I, oh, I saw that them. too. Yeah. Yeah, so and I, I was like, what are you talking about? And I just skimmed past it. But. So that, uh, Apple's brought out this new laptop. It's got this M1 chip in it, and they brought out uh, – laptop a year ago with m1 chip and it was pretty good and then these new ones they've just brought out they've decided to put all the ports back on the side of the laptop and say oh these ports are amazing and people are saying only apple could take something away from you and then two years later go hey look here's these amazing ports and when i say ports it's like usb thunder port an sd card slot and a headphone jack like they're just bringing back normal stuff nothing amazing but the chips themselves so the, the the biggest thing that's t- hard to get your head around, they start with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And you're like, cool, that's not very much. And then they max out at 64 gigabytes of RAM. And the 16 gigabytes can outperform like 32 or 64 on a Windows machine because of the architecture of how it all works. So right. RAM, RAM for these new chips doesn't work the same as how it would on a normal computer. So to give an example, I watched this video. Um, there's that Marky Brownlee guy who does all the tech reviews. Oh, yeah. If you saw him, you probably know him. He's the guy that did the factory tour with Elon Musk. Yeah, I think, I think he showed me it. And he goes, when I go to an event, he goes, I have to take my iMac computer. And his iMac computer is, you know, just a giant screen. And he puts it in this giant case. And he films everything in 8K and he edits on 8K and he goes, look, you know, this iMac is $50,000 and I've maxed out the RAM at 756 gigs of RAM. Jeez. 700, yeah. And, and yeah, and he goes, this is what I want. So he's testing out these iMacs and he goes, the most RAM I can get is 64 gigabytes of RAM. And he loads all this 8K footage into it. And these guys are just doing tests when they're using 4K or 6K or 8K. They open everything at once. So they have like 40 video files playing. And the laptop just goes, yeah, this is sweet. Doesn't even start up the fans to start cooling the laptop down. Like it's, cr- it's crazy. Anyway, very good guy uh, from the Guy and Harley podcast. He is the Savage Filmmaker. Go watch this. Go find the Savage Filmmaker on YouTube. Oh, yeah. He, he does these amazing skits at the start of his very informative videos and he's got a video talking about which macbook pro is best for you because they brought out a whole range and when you get to a certain point you should just forget about the pro and go to the max version anyway the savage filmmaker on youtube check that out his skits like yeah so much work goes into these skits he deserves a lot more views cool cool no that's 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 um no, that's that's really good. Actually, um, speaking of along those things, so today I'm doing my first uh, as we're recording this. I'm doing my first uh, LinkedIn live because I got. Uh, oh, tell me more. Well, I, I got the email day before yesterday, um, saying, you know, you are now eligible to do LinkedIn live because it's one of those rollout things. 
Oh, okay. So yeah, not yeah, everybody yeah, can yeah. do them yet. Yeah. And because um, I got early or re- relatively early uh, publishing back in the day when they started articles instead of um, posts. Yep. So I started doing that. So anyway, I immediately booked my first, scheduled my first LinkedIn Live for two o'clock today. Um, gulp. Um, so I've got an idea of what I'm going to cover. But So do, do people confirm that they're coming to watch it or is it just purely you're publishing this thing live? It's just purely I'm publishing this thing live. But my plan at this point is to make it a regular weekly Thursday at 2 thing. Okay. Um, and yeah, literally. And then people can watch it after the fact? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, up yeah. there f- for good afterwards type Because I'm guessing Paul Spain will be all over that, like a rash, I'd guess. Pass, maybe. <laughs> I guess. I mean, he because he puts a lot of his um, uh, podcast stuff up on LinkedIn yeah, as well yeah. anyway. But um, yeah, so um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. But yeah, I've got a few people already that are interested in being interviewed in there that have different skill sets around what I talk about and stuff. So, oh, cool. um, yeah, so that, that's, that's a new thing. And in fact, I had, uh, I had a chat with one of those people yesterday and we have an idea for a YouTube channel. Excellent. Uh, I'll have to leave it at that because it, yeah, it's yeah. going to be an evening thing. It's going to be regular. It's going to be fun and it's going to have guests. And, um, but we'll see because there's a lot of work to be done on that. Speaking of which, you can't mention your little project yet, or you're not there. No, yet? no. Okay, so we'll still, leave that. Still working. Put that on the notes for next week. I unfortunately told somebody just do it when you're ready, uh, oh. as opposed to giving them a deadline, which is my fault. But I didn't want to push things too hard. But yeah, no. Oh, but that's all good. I got another email this week from some guy. Like sometimes, anyway, I'll tell you the story. So this guy emailed me and on my pumpkin website, I've got a list of all the world records. Yeah. And there's a world record for 2006, 2007. And then there was one for 2009. The world record did not get beaten in 2008. And this guy emails me and he says, Hey, you're missing a record for 2008. Uh, This guy grew this pumpkin and it weighed this much. Now the weight he gave me was less than the pumpkin that broke the 2006 world record. Right. And he's telling me that the 2008. So straight away, factually, it makes no sense. So I said, no, I think, uh, no, you're wrong. Um, there was no world that's record. You, that's, that's your first mistake. You don't no, say no, 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 no. I, I, I worded it nicely. I can't remember <laughs> what I said. I didn't say that. I said, I, I don't know. Anyway, I basically said, look, you know, I've looked at all the stuff, blah, blah, blah. I don't think there was a world record in 2008 because the weight you've given me isn't heavier than this one, so it wouldn't matter. He comes back to me and he goes, hey, look, I found this link. This guy got this pumpkin and he waited at this event and this was the weight. And I said, okay, I think we are talking about two separate things at the same time. You can have. He's talking about the highest weight for the year. Yes, you can grow the biggest pumpkin in the world for that year, but it didn't beat the world record. Anyway, after that, he goes, oh, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, okay then. Cool. Thank you, random but American that, dude. That, that, that's a, not a bad mistake. That's a, an intelligent mistake, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? It's not a stupid mistake to make. It's not, but it was weird when he was saying world record, world record because you could easily see that it wasn't heavier than the record from two years before that. Yeah, but he's thinking it was the best in the world that year. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. Oh, right. and 
And I've when we were recording last week, you had the person knock at the door, and I got an email from Guinness World Records. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you never mentioned this. So, okay, come on. Oh, did, did I tell you that that's what it was? No, you never mentioned anything. No, I said I got an email. I was talking to you when the email came in. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, maybe I just said I got an exciting email and then I just ran off. I don't know. Uh, no, so Doug the Potato, did you hear that story? Oh, yes. No, you did yeah, tell yeah. me about did, that. Yeah. So now I'm with you. Now I'm with you. Yeah. So uh, if you're following along, Doug the Potato, these people in the Waikato, had found this thing that they thought was a potato. They haven't um, grown potatoes for a couple of years. People around the world have lost their collective mind over it. And if you look it up, it got mentioned everywhere. This story went all around the world. And uh, all the giant vegetable growers in Europe and America were like, no, it looks like a root ball or I don't know what it is, but it's not a potato. Anyway, somehow Guinness got hold of my name because I'm the guy that organizes the way off here in new zealand and the guy from guinness was like hey we need to clarify this can you talk to the they all seem to think that we're all at the same level so they were like can you find out from a giant pumpkin uh, giant vegetable growing group in new zealand what they think and i'm like well they don't exist or can you get an expert to look at it uh we have to figure this out so that was all good I replied to them uh, with a couple. Curiously, uh, just curious, are they paying you for this? No, no, no. Guinness don't pay for that sort of thing. Okay. No. What a great business model. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) No, so uh, I'm going to have to probably track down some potato experts at some point. Did you have a word with Doug? No, not yet. But potato, there's like Potatoes New Zealand website. There's a really big potato industry here as well. So... Um, but I haven't heard back from Guinness, so I don't know what's going on. Anyway, huh. good times. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, so um, what else did I have here? I wanted to – you've got here – I am just want to know what it's talking about. UN response to Elon Musk's challenge. What is that? Oh, so that just happened today, actually. Oh, no, a couple of days ago, sorry. So Elon Musk said, I will give you $6 billion to the UN in a tweet – if you show me how you're going to do it, do that's what? That's what he's uh, solve fight world hunger, fight world hunger. Oh, okay. So Musk, because what Musk did was he goes, "I'll sell Tesla stock and do it for the UN if you could show me how the money would be spent." And that made Tesla went down a little bit. So the UN have said, "Yep, we came back with a plan. Here it is." So they've sent him a very detailed plan on how he could prevent 42 million people across 43 countries from starving. Now, I think it's for 2022. Like, that $6 billion is only about a year's worth of help. And we haven't heard back from Elon yet. That's cool, though. Um, Well, I mean, you know, if you want to have a statue of yourself built, and let's face it, if anybody wants a statue of himself built, it's Elon Musk. So if you want a statue of yourself built, uh, the way to do it is to save 42 million people from starving. Um, Because I think you deserve a statue if you do that. Yeah. So you don't, you're still a dick. (laughs) they basically said hey you know billionaires should just chip in a little bit of money because six billion is nothing to them and they could save millions of people uh that was the sort of thing yeah because what he's got 300 billion is worth is something like 300 billion so six billion really is not a lot uh i guess i know like two percent of his income is 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 net worth exactly i'm looking up his net worth now because i want to know yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, two, two, uh, yeah, two seventy one. 
Okay. All right. I was a bit over. over. Oh, no. Sorry. He has gone over 300 billion. Depends what bloody thing you read. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I thought it was about 300 billion. I mean, it's chump change. What, what was that one with. Um, oh, what's the stat with uh, everyone, el- uh, everyone else's favorite uh, penis rocket man? Jeff Bezos. Yeah. If, if you take his. What is it? You take his money. I, I put it on the podcast go- um, the other day. If you. Paid every one of his eighty thousand workers, yeah. gave them a hundred thousand dollar bonus. Yeah, each one of them, it would only be the amount he made that year. No, no, yeah, that's cool. There's another stat where it's like, if you spent so much money every day or something from his wealth, it would take you like thousands of years to spend it all or something stupid. So, all right, so I got my fifty. 54th birthday coming up. Yes, very soon. I had to stop and think and calculate. Um, 54th birthday coming up this month. Do you know how many days that is? Without looking no. it up? No. It's only 19,000 days, 19,000 odd. Yeah. It doesn't sound like too many, eh? It doesn't sound like too many. And, and when I looked at that, I was like, hang on. So these people that have billions of dollars, mm. how much is that a per day basis? I think there's a calculator thing you can work out. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there is. But, you know, like, it, it's crazy because, I mean, um, you know, if I made $100 per day on average, which is quite a reasonable sort of aggregate, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I can see that happening, you know, yeah, including yeah. all the time I was in school. But, you know, you make up for it later on, uh, $100 a day, you know. But that's still only, uh, what's that, um, $1.9 million. Lifetime to point, yeah, yeah, to date. and then you go, okay, a thousand dollars a day seems a lot more, but that's only 19 million, you exactly. know. Um, $10,000 a day that's a ridiculous amount of money, and that only gets you to 190 million. Holy shit, <laughs> it's crazy! That actually brings us to the end of the podcast, Chris. I know we've got a lot of other stuff here, <laughs> I'm moving stuff as we talk. <laughs> Okay, cool. Fair enough. Um, yeah, no. Jeez, uh, that did go quick. Um, what else is happening? What You got anything coming up? Well, we're at level two now, so we're allowed to roam oh, free. I did want to speak about that. So has that changed your life in any way? Uh, well, yeah, we can go see um, my mum and dad in Rotorua and go to Tauranga and see my sister. But cool. apart from that, nothing. And, and, and just clarifying, that's a good thing or bad? Oh, <laughs> that no, was a joke. It, no, no, it's a good thing. And I don't get homesick, and it doesn't bother me if I don't see anyone for a long time. Yeah, I should probably work on that. But, <laughs> but when it was not self-imposed, and it was the mandate, the level three thing, it was sort of like, oh shit, really could have gone this weekend to go do something or pick up something, and I can't do that. Yeah, so that, true, true. it did feel a bit different in that respect. Yeah, and it, that hasn't really impacted me other than obviously Brooke's wedding. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I normally wouldn't go anywhere anyway. So that hasn't been an issue. But my biggest impact is <laughs> in the next week, hopefully, I'm going to get a haircut. If you look at the image in front of you now, it looks good. That's because it's slicked down with yeah, a whole yeah. lot of gel. We, we um, all need a haircut. I've got, uh, yeah, all this going on. Yeah, and in... And, and, uh, in an hour's time from here, um, I'm going to see Carl for a coffee. 
Nice. In real life, for the first time in God knows how long. Yeah, that hair looks terrible. That's <laughs> how so I wake up in the morning. Sometimes I go to work like this. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Oh, I went no. out without a hat the other day, and the wind was blowing, and it was my hair was just everywhere. I was just like, this was that was a dumb idea. Anyway, yep. So, um, yep. We'll see you all next week. Uh, if you've got any questions about what we have talked about, if you've got anything we want us to talk about, if you've got any ideas about uh, what we should do in, in uh, our channels and things and bits and pieces, then... Uh, it's a lot to put on the listener, but if you've touch. made it this far, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm just saying, if, if you've got anything, don't expect anything from you. It's all good. All right. Um, anyway, take okay, it. Okay, until next time. Uh, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.